Good evening. Praise the Lord. It's great to hear all the prayers going up for what God wants us to pray about. Yeah. yeah. What was the family that you were just talking about, right? Or your neighbor? The names? What was their names? And who's the child? Alan. Alex. Yeah, yeah. I want to pray especially for that. Lord, we continue to lift up prayers to you. Lord, help this dear family. Lord, they're not saved. And wow, you're really taking them through a hard time. And uh, you are there with them. Lord, they just don't have a relationship with you. We pray that you would be merciful. We pray you'd comfort. We pray you'd use this for your glory to draw people, this family, to Christ, Lord. Thank you for David and the family being there to minister to them, Lord. You live in them, and uh, we just pray that tonight, Lord, you would help us to just uh, truly surrender, to let you live your life completely through us, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I've been asked to um, share a little bit about, I guess, kind of my uh, a calling, I believe, the Lord's given me is to assist and equip the body of Christ to fulfill the Great Commission. Assist, meaning that I'm in it myself and trying to help however I can. And then to equip. That's one of the verses you had up there. Ephesians 4 talks about certain gifts were given. And one of the gifts was evangelism. And I think I have that biblically. I've been told I do at least. And it's uh, the biblical mandate for that is to equip the saints, the believers, to do the work of the ministry. At least in that part of the, the teaching there. That word equip is an interesting word. It's the same word that's used in the Gospels when they were mending their nets. Remember the fishermen mending, preparing, getting those nets ready. Interesting that it's even talking about fishing. So uh, the gift that, uh, that we want to use through the Word of God today is to do that, to help equip us, uh, mend us, to prepare us more, uh, to do the work uh, of sharing the Gospel. I'm Probably not going to share anything uh, brand new to you. There's really not a whole lot to share brand new. I just, I guess there's three things that have to happen for us to be uh, fulfilling the Great Commission. Great Commission means it's the Lord told us his final uh, mandate and why he came. And that is that we are now his body and uh, he is still at work, Luke says, right? He's still, what Jesus began to do in the book of Luke, he's now doing through his body left on earth, us. And that is to go out and share, say the gospel. And I just came up with this today. It's nothing great, but it is true. And it's in this order. Number one, how can we be effective witnesses? How can we see people come to Christ if God saves them? If they're willing, right? That's, that's not our part. Our part is number one, pray. And as we look at prayer tonight, we're going to see that most of the prayer is not about them. It's about me. We're going to see that. So number one, pray. Number two, obey. Bottom line, Jesus told us, every single believer here, apart from me, we can't do it, right? I can't do it, but I can do all things. And I want to be here tonight and help and encourage uh, you to know that you can you can effectively see somebody. You can walk away from an encounter with somebody and praising God that Jesus did what he wanted to do through you, and that is to love the person and share the word. So pray, then you've got to obey. 
and say. They kind of go together, obey and say, because that's the obedient call is we have to tell them. It doesn't happen without us speaking. And we're going to see that in the scriptures. I mean, Jesus said, go and to all the world and say or preach or proclaim the gospel to all creation. So if you're a believer in Christ, nobody wants to do it in the flesh. I mean, whoever, I mean, Malcolm was out, I believe, today, right? Knocking on doors and in his flesh. He didn't want to do that. He'd much rather do something else. But as we pray, we're going to see for ourselves more, we're going to see that God is able to use us and send us out more effectively. Pray, obey and say. And then the last one is stay. And that is stay and eat with sinners. We're going to look at that. What do I mean by that? Just to spend time with sinners. To spend time with sinners. To spend time with sinners. So pray. Let's turn to Acts chapter 1. I'm going to move quickly here because I really hope (laughs) I can leave some time to pray again at the end here a little bit. Verse 1, Acts chapter 1. The first account or letter or truth account I composed, Theophilus, about all that Jesus began to do and teach. Again, there in the book of Luke he's talking about. I wrote the book of Luke to teach you all that Jesus began to do and teach. The obvious inference there is that he's not finished doing his work. He finished his work of dying for sinners, but he hasn't finished his work of saving sinners, of reaching out to sinners, of proclaiming the gospel. He's doing that through us, we're going to see. Verse 2, all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up after he had by the Holy Spirit given orders to the apostles whom he had chosen. To these apostles, he also presented himself alive. Alive. Do you really believe in the resurrection? Do you believe right now Jesus is right next to you? In front of you? Behind you, Jesus, the person of Jesus. And Christ is in you, the hope of glory. He really is the resurrected Christ. That's why we read in the scriptures. I mean, they just saw the Lord, most of them, a lot of them. And they were just, we can see the Lord now by faith as we spend time with him. And then we're going to go out. He presented himself alive uh, after his suffering. Number one, do you believe he really suffered and died for all your sins? He suffered and died for all our sins. Nothing new, but he suffered and died for all our sins. By many convincing proofs, he he showed himself alive, appearing to them over a period of 40 days, speaking of the things concerning the kingdom of God. And gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which, Jesus said, you heard of from me, for John baptized with water, you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. God has a plan. Creation, salvation, redemption of man. End of this world, a new heaven and a new earth for all eternity, with a called out, a chosen people that he saved. That's it. And so he sits him down and he's sharing that, yes, my program, I've done my part, I've died. Remember, the Lord is crucified 40 days before this. It's day number 40. 
He's resurrected. He's glorified. Wow. Sit there and gaze upon the glorified risen Christ and apparently still with the scars in his body. Wow. And he's speaking of the kingdom of God, the program of God. And he says there's a a major, major something that has to happen. I'm going to go and you have to be indwelt with the Holy Spirit. So we keep reading in verse 6. And so when they had come together, they were asking Jesus, saying, Lord, is it at this time you're restoring the kingdom to Israel? Jesus basically says, don't worry about that. He says, that's not for you to know the time or the seasons which the Father has fixed for his own authority. He will restore the kingdom to Israel. He is coming back to set up his kingdom for a thousand years in Jerusalem and all on this earth. And we will rule and reign with him. Verse 8, but here's the program. But you shall, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, even to the remotest part of the earth. End of teaching. After he had said these things, he was lifted up while they were looking on, and a cloud received him out of their sight. Gone. Wow. As they were gazing intently into the sky while Jesus was departing, behold, two men in white clothing, two angels, stood beside this group of believers who were gazing up into the heavens. They just saw Jesus disappear into the clouds. They also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the sky? This Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come in just the same way as you have watched him go into heaven. Jesus just went up into heaven. He's been telling you this all along. He went and he told you God's program, what needs to happen as he goes. And that is that you're to go back to Jerusalem and wait until the Holy Spirit, power it's called, back in verse 5, until the Holy Spirit, or verse 8, and comes to bring the power of the Holy Spirit. And so they're basically saying, come on, let's go. God told you the program. Jesus is, you can stand here in awe, and I can only imagine. I mean, I would be so awestricken to see just all that had transpired. Most of those people probably saw the Lord crucified or at least face to face and heard his teaching, his miracles, crucifixion, gone for three days, back for 40 days, alive, resurrected, and then all up into heaven. Verse 12. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey away. And when they had entered, they went up to the upper room where they were staying. That is, Peter, John, James, Andrew, the rest of the boys, verse 14. These all, with one mind, were continually devoting themselves to prayer along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. So, I just want us to be reminded, everyone in this room who is a believer is to be a missionary. We are missionaries. Some of you have families to raise. Some of you have jobs on top of that. Some of you are elders on top of that. So you've got a busy schedule. But the whole purpose of God leaving you here on planet Earth, one of the main purposes is to be this sent out one, this witness. This The word is the same word that God uses to describe a martyr, one who would give his life to share the gospel with other people. And it's no rocket science. The only way we're going to want to share, let me back up, the only way we're going to share is if we want to share. We only do what we want to. Eh. 
You say, well, I don't want to go to work. But you still want to, so you get up and you do it, right? We're only going to do what we want to. And we're not going to really have the want to until we're really spending more time alone and then together specifically praying about this. So we're praying in this context. What does God tell them to pray for here? Wait, go and wait. Until what? It says it back in Luke, until you're clothed with power from on high. Here in Acts, he says you will receive that power. And that word power is the word, we get our word from dynamite. So we're going to receive this power as we're waiting upon the Lord. And I believe the Holy Spirit came to indwell and begin the church at Pentecost. The apostles had already received the Holy Spirit before that. Remember, Jesus said, receive the Holy Spirit in the upper room after he appeared in his resurrection. And he breathed on them and they received the Holy Spirit. I'm not here to debate what really went on there, but somehow they received the Holy Spirit. Was that the permanent indwelling? I'm not sure, and that's not the point of me even bringing it up. But the point is is that the power of the Holy Spirit here in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, is absolutely essential for everything. And so, yeah, we can do it mechanically, and we should. We should obey the Lord whether we feel like it or not. But if we spend time and just focus on, the, on our time with the Lord, it's the same thing. They were just like Mary and Martha. Martha, right, busy. Mary, sitting, listening to the Lord at his feet. That's what the disciples are doing here. In chapter 1, we just read, they're listening to his word. And then they're going and they're praying because God told them what to do. And we saw it on the prayer requests. There was many verses up there that talk about praying. Pray the Lord of the harvest. That was a great verse. That uh, Luke 10, verses 1 and 2. I want us to look there, if you would. Luke 10, verses 1 and 2. And I'm going to start even before you get there because time is going. Verse 1 of chapter 10 of Luke. Now, after this, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them two and two ahead of him to every city and place where he himself was going to come. This is a principle here in verse 2. And he was saying to them, the harvest is plentiful. But the laborers are few. So what should you do? Go, right? No. Pray. Pray. Who are we praying about here? We're not praying about the lost. We're praying for to God, asking him. Great verse that God is really challenging me with. You have not because you ask not. I know I'm supposed to witness. I don't know how. I want the open doors. I don't have because I don't ask. In Luke chapter 10, Jesus commands us. He tells us, pray the Lord of the harvest. Beseech the Lord of the harvest. Beseech. That's actually strong, intense begging. The Lord of the harvest, which is God Almighty, which is Jesus himself. He's the Lord of the harvest. And we are to pray that he would send forth laborers. Look at the next verse. Verse 3, now you go. You're the answer to your own prayer. So, what should we pray about? We pray, then we obey and say. We pray, then we obey and say. We go and tell, right? Okay? So, number one, pray about yourself. 
Pray for God to send you out. Pray for God to give you all that you're going to need to go out. Pray. There's different kinds of evangelism Jesus did and the apostles did in the, in the scriptures. And that was an actual where you set aside time and you went out. Today, Malcolm did that knocking on doors and I believe Mary was with him. Awesome. That's a time. There's a time for that. We don't all necessarily have to be involved in that. There's another kind of evangelism where if you're called and gifted and supposed to, you would speak to a group, maybe a big group, maybe a smaller group. But then there's the kind that we're all a part of, and that is face to face. That's Mark 16. As you're going in your life, in all the world, wherever God is sending you for the day, right? For the day. You are a missionary. Go. Open your mouth after we've prayed. Open your mouth. Say the gospel. So we're going to pray, we're going to pray, we're going to pray, we're going to pray, we're going to pray. Lord, help me. A a, a little prayer I've started to pray. I used to pray, and some of you probably prayed this before. Lord, give me a burden for lost souls, right? Anybody ever pray for that? I think that. There's a better word for burden. Lord, give me your passion for lost souls. If you ask God that, you say, well, I don't even feel like it right now. I'm just lots on my mind. I got troubles. I'm tired. I worked all day. I want to... Just start asking. Start asking. God, give me your passion for the lost. That's where it starts. Praying for God to send out the laborers. His passion is what? It's all that he is. His passion. We call it the Passion Week, right? What he suffered. His, why did he do that? For the lost. And God now wants to impart that into us through his Holy Spirit. So we're to pray for ourselves. Laborers, we're to pray. Number two, we looked at it back in Acts, for the power of the Holy Spirit. We can pray that. Jesus says that in Luke chapter 11. Pray. We're evil. Yet you as fathers would give your children good gifts, how much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Now, He doesn't give you the Holy Spirit to receive Him, to live inside of you by asking. You receive Him as a gift, right? It's part of the new covenant. I'm going to give you a new heart and a new spirit. My spirit. is a, He is a gift, the Holy Spirit, that's given automatically when you repent and believe in Christ. So obviously, and in the context, Luke chapter 11, he's talking about a neighbor coming, knocking on a friend's door. I need some bread. I need to give to somebody else. I don't have. And then he concludes, ask and you shall receive. And then he concludes it and he says, you guys are evil, but you give good gifts to your children. How much more will your heavenly father give the filling, the power of the Holy Spirit when you ask for it? You have not because you ask not. So ask God to give you his passion. Not just a passion, his passion for the lost. Ask God to give you the filling of the Holy Spirit, the control of the Holy Spirit. Now, as you pray for that, you're going to have to submit. And that's what it means to be filled. But God will work that out in and through you as you're praying specifically to ask for that. Colossians 4, if you turn there with me. A couple of things. And you'll notice again that all these prayer requests are for the believers. I was just... I was just thinking today, I don't recollect too many, if any. 
I know when I pray, Lord, you know, please save so-and-so, or Lord, please save these people. God does desire all people to be saved. God, you know, doesn't want anyone to perish so much, so he gave his son. So obviously he has that passion for the lost. But you don't see even in the prayer meetings in Acts, they're not quote-unquote praying, Lord, save all those people. In Acts instead, after they get beat up a little bit and persecuted, they come back and they pray, Lord, you've seen what's happened Now grant that your servants might go out and speak your word with confidence, boldness. And then they did that. They went, they prayed for themselves, for the boldness. And that's what we're going to see here in in some of these verses here. Colossians chapter 4, verse 2. Devote yourselves to prayer. Notice that. There it is again. Devote yourselves to prayer. Keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. Verse 3, praying at the same time for us as well, Paul says, him and his missionary team, so that God may open up to us a door for the word. Pray for God to open up a door for you. And yes, that can mean literally going and knocking on somebody's door. I pray for open doors. I went to visit our friend Moses. He's been here once before. He's in Fort Lauderdale, a little Spanish guy. He has a nice little taco shop there. And you need to come and buy tacos from him. And I hang out with him there. And he's been to the church a couple times. And he's not a believer yet. And I'm just praying for open doors. I'm going there sitting, hanging out with him. And um, he's got a new worker. His name is Rick. Rick's a Jewish man. Rick's really open to the gospel. Open door. And just being there and just talking. But you got to pray. And I'm not saying I'm... I'm doing it. You're not. That's not what I'm saying, because most of the time I'm not doing it either. (laughs) But as we pray more and get right with God, get filled with the Lord, then automatic overflow, I call it. I've prayed. I've asked God to fill me with his spirit. I'm asking for open doors. Let's keep reading there. Pray that God would open to us a door for the word so that we may speak forth the mystery of Christ for which I've been in prison, in order that I may make it clear in the way I ought to speak. So pray for that. God, help me to speak Clearly. And I know some of us here, we're thinking, I don't know what to say. That's okay. If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can do it. You can open your mouth and say something. I've given out some gospel tracts, uh, a stack to everybody. Uh, how many do not have any in English? Raise your hand. If you didn't get them, please raise your hand. I'm not raising my hand. He just says he's going to give out a stack of gospel tracts. That means I got it. Anybody? Okay, I know there's a few here. That's okay. And the Gospels of John. And I just want to uh, say this. Reach into my pocket. English, Spanish. Ready. In season, out of season. Can I encourage us? Gospels of John. English, Spanish. Gospel tracts are a great way to start a conversation with somebody. A total stranger. A customer came in. I might never see her again. Same thing yesterday. And I just says, can I give you this? It tells you how much Jesus loves you. He wants you in heaven so much he died on the cross for you. Whatever. And she didn't, I didn't get much of a conversation with her. 
But later on, there's another customer comes in. He's bringing his dog into this little room that's about as big as the office. That's how big the restaurant is. And uh, Moses said, you can't keep your dog in here. And so he takes the dog out. And the guy's got some kind of big brace on his arm. So he says, I just want to give my order. He gave his order. And he goes outside and sits down. So I went outside. And I just stand in there talking to him. Well, what happened? And he told me two years ago, he's a vet. He goes to the Iraqi, to the Gulf War, and made it home alive. He comes home. He's working on a ladder 25 foot. He falls off, crushes both of his elbows. This one's kind of mangled this one in the brace he says it's just if they remove the brace it's like a piece of spaghetti he just goes all over the place his knees they're going to be able to replace his knees but his elbow's not anyway it just as a conversation i just reach in my pocket can i give you this it tells you how much jesus loves you you will be surprised and let the conversation just go from there please brothers and sisters no you don't i can't show you verses says you have to pass out tracts but there are mandates we have to share the gospel. And tracks can really help. We got extra English and Spanish. We got Spanish Gospels of John, and we got English Gospels of John. They are excellent. Um, Ephesians six says we pray for boldness and confidence. We're running out of time here, so I'm just going to skip skim through this. Ephesians six, that's verses eighteen to twenty, and it's talking about praying at all times again. Each time in these two in these verses here that he's talking about prayer, it's interesting. He tells us how to pray. He's praying for the harvest. He's praying for indirectly the lost by praying for us to have the confidence, the courage. All that word boldness means is just fearless without fear. It means, Lord, take away the fear so that I can confidently talk about you. And it'll happen if you pray, but then you still have to obey you got to get out of the boat, and Jesus will be there to catch you, and you can walk on water. He'll put the words in your mouth. You know that. Many of you, most of you here are experiencing that. But I just want to encourage us to pray even more, pray more, pray more, pray more. Um, I want us to turn uh, Matthew chapter 9. Verse 11. Our precious Lord Jesus. Jesus calls Matthew. He comes and he was a tax collector and tax collectors were uh, traitors to their own Jewish people, right? They were collecting taxes from the Jews and putting some in their pocket and giving their profits to the Romans, and the Romans hated the Jews. And so what a betrayal, right? If you were a Jewish tax collector to the Jews, you were a horrible sinner. So Matthew's happy because he meets Jesus, and he gets his sins forgiven, and he's got a brand new life, and he leaves everything to follow the Lord. And so he throws a party, and he wants everybody to know about Jesus. And so he invites people together. Verse 11, when the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, why is your teacher eating with the tax collectors and sinners? But when Jesus heard this, he said, it is not those who are healthy who need a physician, but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire compassion. I desire compassion. Hosea 6, 6. Hesed. That's what God wants. He wants us to have a compassionate love, to, to, to be like Matthew and invite sinners to come and listen to Jesus. How do we do that? Well, we 
read the Bible. We share with them. We eat with sinners. And if you go to chapter 11 of Matthew, verse 19, Jesus sums it up. He says, The Son of Man came eating and drinking. And they say, they were talking about John, it's, he was you know, out there in camel's hair and, and eating locusts, and they, you rejected him. And, and he was fasting all the time, and, and I'm not fasting now with my disciples, and we're eating and drinking and enjoying uh, the fellowship of each other. And it says, the Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, behold, a gluttonous man and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. I pray that Jesus would have such control of my life that you could write on my tombstone. Christian, the friend of sinners. Put your name in there, on your tombstone. Friend of sinners. As we spend time in prayer, sitting in his feet, listening to his word, Asking him to make us his labor. Asking for the power of the Holy Spirit. Asking for the open doors to speak. Asking for the wisdom to say it clearly. Asking again for that. Take away the fear, Lord. Asking God, give me a willing heart. I'll obey. I'll go. And getting up off my knees and obeying. Every morning. That's why you're going to work. Yeah. Computers or Cut grass or carpentry or doctor or nurse or moms taking care of your kids every day. That's why you're waking up. But as the Lord works, you're praying for those open doors. You're praying for the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to encourage us to become friends of sinners. How many sinners are your friends right now? How many sinners are your friends? Are you entertained? Do you have good friends that aren't saved yet? God help us to love sinners. Be the friend of sinners. He's eating with them. He wasn't just partying. I mean, he was there preaching the kingdom of God and loving them, giving his time, his life, right? One way we can... uh, Help sinners, we're going to close with this. I've got just a couple short video clips we're going to show here. One thing that God has uh, uh, started me using is some videos, DVDs. Because we're in a DVD world, right? We're in a computer world. And um, Billy Graham, uh, we might not agree with everything in his philosophy of ministry, but he is a man of God. He's 99 years old. I cry every time when I look at him in, in pictures of it. It's just such a faithful, privileged man of God. Spoken the word many times over more than anybody else to anybody that's ever lived because of the internet and computer and masses and all that. And God has used him greatly. Two of my elders, elders back in my home assembly got saved through Billy Graham's ministry. And their wives. And... Uh, so I'm not promoting Billy Graham, but he puts out these new DVDs. You can buy them for a buck a piece. They're 28 minutes long, so they're not real long. If anybody would start to watch them, they'll finish watching them. They're modern. They've got all the 
I, I don't. I guess I use the word Hollywood. Yeah, they're very well done. And what they do is they take usually about three different people's lives, and they'll tell the stories, parts of their story of how they came to Christ. And there's some real, and, they, and it represents every facet of modern day life. Uh, the first one we're going to show. There's a fireman, and uh, and then a, a, a daughter who finds out her dad is going to pass away. And all these things. And then interspersed in that is the teaching uh, of the gospel many times with Billy Graham. I'm, I'm not going to say too much. There, there's The first one's a minute and 45 seconds. Uh, but you can get it for a dollar a piece. You can go online and look them up. Just It's called the My Hope series. They're very good. And you can talk with people. If you're, if you're loving sinners and trying to win them to Christ, take this home and watch this. You know, and... And it's good. It's good. And there's some great anointed preaching of the gospel, scripture. And, uh, but it's not just standing up preaching. It's like a short movie. Okay, so people watch it. The third one, if we get time here, the time is going. If we can watch the third one, it's modern day. There's uh, Lecrae. He's a modern rap singer who truly knows the Lord and, and how God saved him. And, and Anyway, we're going to show the first one. It's called Heaven. We all walk on a razor's edge, a thin line between life and death. All of a sudden, I just got this crazy feeling, and I knew that it was my dad. And I just said, no, no, no. majority of my life has already been lived. I don't have very much longer. I know that. If there's a life hanging in the balance, we're willing to put ours on the line so that they live. And I came to the realization that this was it. I'm overcome with anger. No death, no pain, no sorrow. And I want to ask you tonight, are you prepared? Are you ready? That's just a trailer, so it's real quick, you know, kind of mixed together. But it just, it shows you the quality of it and the good preaching. If you could go to the next one then. Value of a soul, I think, is the next one. Thanks. People pass. Opportunities pass. Men remain unchanged. I didn't want to ask God to help. I turned my back on him. I was carrying horrible guilt and shame. I felt worthless. You really don't know how valuable something is until it's gone. I'm at odds with my creator. I sold my soul to get to the top. What should profit a man if he should 
gains the whole world and lose his own soul. We're going to pray. And um, because of time, how about if we each pray and ask the Lord, Lord, make me your laborer. Prepare me to be your laborer, right? Pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers. Fields are white. Um, If you want more info on this, you can Google it and talk with me. And and get them in bundles of 10. I got a bunch of them at my house back in Cleveland. And they're just great little tools. Gospel tracts, Gospels of John, spending time with sinners, sharing the message of the gospel, right? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the power of the gospel, power of God unto salvation. Lord, it doesn't need any sound effects or flames or movies or DVDs. We understand that, Lord. But we thank you, Lord, that you've saved us, the power of the gospel. Lord, those DVDs depict other sinners that you've saved. As they give their testimony, Lord, Paul gave his testimony. The woman at the well gave her testimony whole city came to came to you, Jesus. Father, we pray like you taught us to pray, Lord. We pray for ourselves. We pray to you, the Lord of the harvest. Father, in Jesus' name, would you send forth laborers? Would you make each true believer here more and more fit, equipped to be one of your laborers? Would you please remind each one here of the absolute desperate need we have to just spend time alone with you. Sitting at your feet, listening to your word, gazing upon your beauty, and calling upon you, crying out to you. Lord, we pray for ourselves. Make us fit. Lord, we're not faithful, but we are so grateful you are always faithful. You cannot deny yourself, Lord. Even when we're faithless, your word says you remain faithful. Thank you, Lord. Hear our prayers tonight. Send out missionaries from this very room tonight, Lord, into South Florida and wherever else you take us. Lord, then we pray, as you've been teaching us, Lord, for the power of the Holy Spirit. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. Lord, would you please, Lord Jesus, fill us with your Holy Spirit. Father, you're the ones who's had those scriptures written, you said how much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who are asking. We're asking, Lord, for a fresh filling of your Holy Spirit to be effective, bold, loving witnesses. Lord, we confess that the whole problem is just self, just our our love of self. So cleanse us, wash us, fill us fresh. Then, Lord, we continue to pray that you would give us that boldness. Take away our fears. We pray for that passion, your passion for the lost, Lord, that you've been planted in our hearts. Thank you. That's the Holy Spirit in us, Lord. So help us to yield to him, to surrender to him. And Lord, there will be that passion. Pray for open doors, direction. 
We pray specifically open doors for each one of these gospel tracts you've given to us. Gospels of John that you've given to us. Lord, I pray that you would speak to brothers and sisters here if they want to use DVDs to give to people, friends. Lord, would you please, again, take control of us so much that the world would say about us, that man, that woman is a friend of sinners. Lord, you gave your life for sinners, and we are one of them. And Lord, now you live in us, and we want to give our lives, Lord, back to you, to use that you can reach somebody else. Hear our cry. Hear our cry, Lord. Here we are. Here I am, Lord. Send me. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for tonight, Lord. Amen.